I'm excited to let you know that the sponsor for the podcast for the month of August is Buck Knives. We're doing a really great giveaway, the Buck 119 and the Buck 112. I personally own both of these knives, and they're fantastic, and I love the Buck Company, Christian Company, with every single box you get, you get the message of salvation on a little card and a call to repentance. It's just fantastic. Listen to their ad and then enjoy the show. Every hunter knows that it's not about the success, it's all in the pursuit. The new Pursuit series of fixed blades and folders by Buck Knives has you covered. Proudly made in the USA, the Pursuit series is available in two sizes, large with or without a gut hook and small. The non-slip handle will keep your knife comfortably in hand while you process your harvest. Gear up for the season at BuckKnives.com. While you're there, use promo code BUCK20 at checkout and save an extra 20%. For a limited time, offer expires September 1, 2019. Valid only at BuckKnives.com. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 53. Today, we are working through our Biblical Worldview series. I want to talk to you today about creation Verse evolution. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, this is a hard topic and a hotly debated topic. So help me to think clearly and precisely and most importantly, biblically, and then encourage these listeners in the best sort of way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I'm wanting to equip you to think about all of life through the lenses of Scripture, but not just equip you to do this, help you to equip your people with a biblical worldview as we think about all of life. And I want to talk today about creation versus evolution. Now, I have an interesting past when I think about these things. I grew up in a church that firmly believed in a literal seven-day, six-day creation and that the earth is about six to 10,000 years old and simply believed it without question and go off to college and then, you know, study for a few years and, and really kind of abandon that position in favor of kind of an old earth creationism or even a theistic evolutionary position. And that really didn't bother me. A few years ago, you know, Tim Keller has made some statements on theistic evolution and, and that just simply didn't bother me. I read a book by Francis Collins called The Language of God about four years ago. And in this book, he's a, you know, world-renowned physicist who studied in, in evolutionary biology and all this different kind of stuff as well. And he wrote a book about God and evolution and science and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, well, that's fascinating. I like it. It was recommended to me, recommended to me by a friend. I read it and enjoyed it. Well, what's the big deal? And then I even heard from Spurgeon on this issue, and he was an old earth creationist. Now, listen to this from Spurgeon. And I'm a big Spurgeon fanboy like everybody else is, and for good reason. If you've ever read Spurgeon, it's a, it literally it's almost impossible to not love Spurgeon if you read him, actually. But you you got to read him, because there's a lot of people who like to say they've read Spurgeon who haven't read Spurgeon. And that's kind of like a majority of Arminians who say well, they love Spurgeon but never actually read him. <laughs> it's because they've never actually read him. Uh, I love you, Arminian friends out there. But here's what Spurgeon said in his sermon, Power of the Holy Ghost. In the second verse of the first chapter of Genesis, we read, 
and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. We know not how remote the period of creation of this globe may be, certainly many millions okay, of years before the time of Adam. Our planet has passed through various stages of existence, and different kinds of creatures have lived on the surface, all of which have been fashioned by God. But before that era came, wherein man should be its principal tenant and monarch, okay, now listen, Spurgeon is saying that there was death before the fall, okay, because of all these creatures that lived before man. But before the era came, wherein man should be its principal tenant and monarch, the creation gave world to confusion. He allowed the inward fires to burst up beneath and melt the solid matter, so that all kinds of substances were coming up in a vast mass of disorder. The only name that could be given the world then was a chaotic mass of matter. What should it be, you cannot guess or define. It was entirely without void, form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The spirit came and, stretching its broad wings, bade the darkness disperse as he moved over it, and the different forms of matter came into their places, and it was no longer without form and void, but became round like its sister planets and moved, singing the high praises of God, not disorderly, as it had done before, but as one great, not in the vast scale of creation. Now this is fascinating, is it not? Spurgeon was not, definitively was not, a young earth creationist. Well, that gave me some fuel. And then if you've listened to Grudem's lectures or read Grudem's Systematic Theology, one of the things he talks about is wanting to equip our teens as they go off to college to think through the Bible and not get caught up in science and, and, and as if these things are at odds and all these sorts of things. Okay, so I had become sympathetic with theistic evolution and old earth creationism until I preached through the book of Genesis. A couple years ago, I preached through the book of Genesis, and there it was in Genesis chapter 1. I just could not see, I could not see the gap for the gap theory. I couldn't see any room whatsoever for death before the fall. And if I was going to believe the Bible and have a biblical worldview, in my mind, I just could not get around being a young earth creationist. And one of the things that struck me as I was preaching through the book of Genesis and the creation account is that if somebody else would have shown up on, let's just say, you know, week two of creation. And let's say that Adam and this, you know, theoretical person in week two went to a local, local coffee shop in Eden and were sipping, in, you know, sipping on coffee because, of course, coffee had to be in Eden. And let's just say these two had a discussion. And one was a scientist and started talking to Adam about how all this stuff came into be. And he said, Adam, look at those mountain peaks. And look at those valleys. Look at those rivers. You see that you see that canyon over there? That canyon was eroded by millions and millions of years of water rushing. And you see those mountains right there? There's there's tectonic plates underneath the earth and they push together. And as they push over millions of years, they push up into the sky and they make a mountain. And from everything in Eden, it there was trees, grown trees. And here is Adam who is a grown man. Everything looked old. It looked aged. And then Adam would have talked back to this unsuspecting gentleman and said, hey, uh, sir, uh, actually the earth is a week old. Okay, I think that principle, like this is the position that Al Mohler takes, I think that principle 
still applies today. I think that God created a mature earth. He created mature people. And this is a position that many young earth creationists hold, and I think almost probably all of them do. But that made a lot of sense to me as I'm preaching through the book of Genesis. And then Romans 1, let's get presuppositional for a second. Um, and actually, let me just forget that. Let's 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 just be biblical for a second. Um, and we know from Romans chapter 1 that people worship creation. They worship creation and they suppress the truth. This is this is Romans 1 verses 18 to 21. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Meaning people out there suppress what is plain and true and right in front of their eyes to be seen as clear as day, but we take the truth and push it down and suppress it. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they were without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. This is what I think all of evolutionary and you know theistic evolutionists are doing. I think that people are suppressing the truth. And I think they're doing this for creation. And I think evolution is the result of suppression of the truth and then creature worship. Like in verse 22, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. And then in verse 25, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served creature rather than creator who is blessed forever. Amen. I think that's exactly what evolution is. I think it is worshiping creature over creator. Even theistic evolution. I think it is taking and assigning too much power to mass and matter to unintelligible mass and matter and saying that that brought forth intelligence and more intelligence and more intelligence and more intelligence. And to be honest, guys, if you think about the demands of evolution, it is it is absolutely absurd. It, it truly is absurd. Nothing in our life that has any order whatsoever came that way through disorder. Nothing gets more orderly in this world in the smallest forms, in the most basic forms. And I remember a debate a few years ago, it was Ray Comfort versus, versus this uh, uh, atheist in this creation debate, and it was on, I think it was televised, and one of the things that, the one of the directions that the debate went that I was just really frustrated with is that the atheist said, can you take me to the universe factory? I can take you downtown and get building codes and blueprints for each building in this city, and I can, I can show you the builder's and find the names of those who put together these complex buildings. Can you, Ray Comfort, take me to the Universe Factory? And Ray Comfort missed an opportunity because here's the reality. The atheist didn't have to go down to get the building codes to, to acknowledge that somebody built the building. You don't have to meet the builder. You don't have to see the blueprints to recognize that a building was built by a builder. And come on, folks, it's the same thing with with the earth and with our bodies and with molecules and the smallest forms of cells and all of these things that are so complex and so beautiful and amazing. God is the creator. And I think based on the Bible and based on Genesis that God literally created 
the earth in six days. And I think the earth is six to 10,000 years old. And I don't think we have to be embarrassed or ashamed by it. And people say, well, you're rejecting science. You're rejecting science. Well, that seems to be really fashionable these days because scientists in 2019 cannot tell the difference between a man and a woman. They can't tell the difference between a boy and a girl. They can't tell you that sex and gender is the exact same thing. Yeah, I'm not really all that excited about keeping up with the science Joneses because they're as confused as anybody in this world right now. And so if you're thinking biblically and if you're just honest with Genesis and you consider Romans chapter 1, I think a, a truly biblical worldview will lead you to the conclusion that the Bible's teaching, the plain teaching of the Bible, is that the Bible was created in six literal days and you don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed about it. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.